Content warning. This episode contains descriptions of sexual and domestic violence. Listener discretion is advised. We love the Welsh. Our we logo Welsh. designer is Welsh. You guys have you you guys have one of the coolest flags. So we were, and 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 just one of the greatest languages that I'll never in a million years be able to understand. Never. It's so cool. I may uh, be 66% Irish, but <laughs> I am 100%. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. Hey, guys. Today, we're talking Bioshock Rapture. Oh, my God. That sweet breath of fresh air. Oh, this is our so third episode on it. I'm going to I'm gonna uh, need to... I'm gonna need to check this out. This is my little gift for the for the opening of the show. This is a Venturi. Mm-hmm. It oxygenates your wine and it makes the coolest sound. And I want to see if it can pick up for the people the sound it makes. I heard that. <laughs> I think that. Yeah, I I definitely heard something there. That was weird. <laughs> Was that for our ASMR folk yeah. that, that listen to us? For those of you who like gadgets, wine, and ASMR, you're welcome. I don't know if there's any real ASMR folk that listened because we're both we both kind of talk at a yell. Yeah. <laughs> it would be bad for them. <laughs> this heavy breathing and loud. <laughs> we're not, not it's not like we're it's not like we're okay, now I'm going to talk to everyone really doing? here. Yeah, we're That's, so Andrew Ryan. We're kind of loud people. Yeah, I, 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 every time I'm done one of these, I go downstairs and my wife is downstairs and she, she says, you're really loud. <laughs> <laughs> my fiance says, that. she says, she's like, she's like, you guys have fun, don't you? And I was like, what did, what do you mean? She goes, you just laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> and, like, you think it's cute now? Oh just wait God. till it's our wait till it's our full time job, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wait for that. That's gonna be. And we are putting that out in the world, motherfucker. That is that is out in the universe now. It's happening. You know, this is gonna be one of the last episodes of the year. Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, timing wise, I suppose. Timing wise, it's is gonna this be the third episode. Yeah, this will be the third episode. For so one, one, two. two. Three. Three. Yeah, yeah, it actually might be our last regular episode of the year, uh, depending on what we're doing on the 22nd. Right. Um, wow. And we're getting there. We are we are making out the year. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We usually thank you say so that much for end. listening. This is we are. This is actually it's we're just past our six month anniversary as of Holy as shit. of this episode. Isn't that mind blowing? That's crazy. We got to think of something to do for the year. Yeah. Anniversary. Gotta start planning now. You gotta you gotta start planning the year anniversary at about six months before the year anniversary. Or else that year anniversary is just gonna feel like I don't know, limp. Right. We know you guys are listening, but we were just talking about it. We were watching the numbers and the numbers are good. Uh, the numbers are good. People are starting are, are listening to us. And that's, you're out there, you're listening, and it's you're so out. freaking cool. Because let's face facts. This was this was me and Kevin's equivalent of uh, Dad's Garage Band, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like let's Some... get together and do a cover of you know Pearl Jam or something let's, like that. Let's let's really try to nail Black Hole Sun. Right. You know? Right. 
and you guys are actually showing up and actually listening and holy fuck it's cool like this is this is way better than the epiphone uh explorer that i would have bought for myself uh, if we had done a band instead like but believe it or not this podcast beats the fuck out of a mediocre pointy guitar <laughs> yeah yeah, and I don't play the guitar, so you know it, it, it would have been really wasted on me. It would have been, yeah, it would have been, it would have been awkward. Yeah, yeah. So, so where are we? We're in, as far as I'm, I'm aware, um, we're in chapter nine. Uh, yeah, Lower Wharf, Neptune's Bounty, March 1953. Um, <clears throat> so we got a Chief Solvin chapter, yeah, and. Uh, He's down there. He's he's investigating. He's he's looking around because this Fontaine character, he's up to no good. Right. Um, and he uh, he gets uh, Sullivan ends up being uh, attacked by a man and they they tussle a bit. And uh, Sullivan's partner, uh, Karlowski, ends up shooting the man dead. Right. And uh Basically, the man has has all this information on him as if he is the uh, the the he is running the smuggling operation. It's like yeah. it's like this neat little package that Fontaine yeah. has set up to it's draw a very, suspicion. A very too good to be true, you know, too good to be true. Yeah, they're trying to and, and they and they figure they see right through it. You know, they they realize that basically what this is, is kind of this guy's been treating as treated as a, a stool pigeon so they'll stop looking for the smuggling guy assuming like well we got him he's dead and and uh and that so that that if that's what fontaine is doing it doesn't really seem to work yeah and we get a little um and you know written right into the text we have a little russian ukrainian racism because the yeah. karlowski is karlowski is Russian, I believe, and uh, the the man that they shoot, Mike Lasko, is Ukrainian, and uh, they have uh, uh, Karlowski has very strong words for how he feels about Ukrainians. There's not a, and if any of you have met Ukrainians, uh, they don't There's always a, have kind words for Russians. Yeah, Ukrainians and Russians tend to have yeah. words. I'm not stepping in the middle of that. I'm that not. I'm to... not because the, yeah, no. If you crack the spine on a on a history book, you'll know uh, there's plenty of grievances to be to be held. To be there. had, yeah. And uh, I don't get between Russians and Ukrainians and Slavs in general. I I I don't uh, I don't have that kind of courage in me. I no, just don't. I, I don't either. Don't. That is that is. As uh, as a wise man once said, "Oh, this is not my floor." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we get a little bit of old fashioned Euro racism, which we as modern we haven't day seen Americans, in a long time. As modern day Americans, we haven't we have not gotten a lot of Euro no. racism in a, uh, in our day to day lives. If you know, it's Itali almost wistful. It's almost wistful. Italians, <laughs> Italians get it on 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 a you know on occasion. Yeah. Still, um, but other than that, um, yeah, it's it's That's not super it. common. Yeah. No. Let's see. Okay, so that brings us to uh, Fontaine with his recently acquired scientists. Yeah, he made a uh, science acquisition. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like they're making big daddies. Yeah. 
Yeah, it it then that's the thing is it doesn't say it. No. Like no. outright, but it felt like a it seemed like a big daddy that they were they were working on. Yeah. They're 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 basically testing out all these abilities where they're they're fusing flesh to metal that whole thing. Um they're fine and and this is the chapter or the chapter the section of the chapter where we get Adam Eve and plasmids really kind of explained to us where these weird sea slugs, which what a random ass thing to ascribe um, the discovery of Adam and everything like that to like just sea slugs. Okay, fine. Uh, So they, they develop these special stem cells from the slugs, which can heal and alter the body. They basically tear open this guy, uh, you know, inject him with some Adam. And after a minute, the wound stitches itself together. Right. And they, they, they call it Adam, uh, which is what the, the gives you the powers. And another uh, uh, sort of, uh, of a chemical called Eve, which restores those powers, because sure. the most important thing to remember is this power is finite. You can come up with it. You can come up with all kinds of powers and they do uh, right now. It's just healing and some basic vague alterations. Uh, and you can do all kinds of cool things with that, Adam, but you need Eve to recharge yourself. The power doesn't uh, stick around forever, which uh, leads to Sushong uh, piping in that. That's probably pretty addictive stuff for a right. lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, not the least of which is the amazing power. Yeah. And and Fontaine immediately uh, has the dollar signs. His his oh. eyes turn into into dollar signs. Yeah, immediately like a Looney Tunes cartoon, just just <laughs> like someone turns an arm on his head and it turns into a slot machine and he starts spitting up coins. Yeah. Um. So in the next part of the chapter, uh, we have a character who is if you've played bioshock he gets killed meet, off he's your first boss yeah you meet him pretty early you meet him pretty early he is the first boss of the game you knock him you you take him out pretty quickly um actually one of the few bosses of the game that was the thing yeah. about bioshock is when you play it there's only a couple bosses and he is one of them and you that's right you play you you uh fight him maybe in the first 45 minutes or something like that yeah. and this is this guy dr steinman and he's dr. a steinman uh, he is a plastic surgeon who has lost his goddamn he mind. He's just out and of his mind. The, th- the thing about him is that you don't realize how far back, until you read the book, you don't real ha- realize how far back he had lost his mind. This yes. is 1953, seven years before the events of the game, and he is already talking he sees and talks to the goddess aphrodite yeah <laughs> he's basically looking for the perfect face he's trying to express the beauty of aphrodite to please her in his work uh and it becomes very clear and it gets more clear as time goes on but he doesn't care what you want done to your no. face he has some restraint for now uh, but he sees every person who's under his knife as kind of a um, potential a, experiment. Exactly. Yes. Well, not really. I guess so. Not an experiment, but clay. A, a, yeah. It's something like a, to mold. Something to mold. An artistic yeah. endeavor. Right. Um, and he and he's clearly doing good work. We see him 
you know, showing off, you know, some of his work to a woman who just got her face lifted, got some, got some nose work done, that kind of thing. And, uh, and they're, and they're flat, they're flummoxed. They love it. They, they love his work. He's amazing. Uh, and he's clearly, it's not enough for him. He's, uh, he's, he's really, really not thrilled with it. There's another really strange thing, uh, in this chapter I highlighted that they kind of fly right past, sure. which I found to be very frustrating because I wanted more information on this. Uh, Steinman took a cigarette from the box on the coral desk, lit it with a silver lighter shaped like a human nose and got up to open the curtains of his office porthole. Uh, where can I have a cigarette lighter, the shape of a human nose, please? <laughs> I feel like that's information that perhaps we should have. They, they, there should be a hyperlink or, uh, or, or just there's like an extra couple sentences. Are we like, go back to that later. What? Right. <laughs> I don't smoke. I don't have any. I, I don't really have a lot of use for a cigarette lighter. But to have a silver cigarette lighter in the shape of a human nose just sitting on my desk where anyone, where God and anybody else can see it. I need that kind of insanity in my life. It's just a little detail, but it's very important to me. It is. It is a. It is a. What a, a chaotic neutral uh, yes. item of power That's, right there. Which is which is the vibes I'm always trying to give off. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get that's our. Is that that's our first. That's our introduction that's first, to him. That's our first introduction to Steinman okay. in the book so yeah. far. Yeah. He yeah. he shows up um, a couple more times in part two. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of his chapters are kind of mixed in there to represent the kind of best people that Ryan has brought down are not right. are he's clearly the, one of the best plastic surgeons clearly right but he's just yeah that that's true he he represents uh, something cracked uh, yeah. behind that mirror uh, um, a rotten foundation and then we cut back yeah. to Fontaine. And Fontaine is uh, having a little sexy time with Bridget He's Tenenbaum. With Tenenbaum. Like, what the hell, man? Like, do you not look? They make a point of saying that she's beautiful. And she's beautiful. Like that. But and kind of but, like, the, but also kind of like the nutty professor. She's crazy. Like, yeah. she's 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 a she's a she's she, a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't. <laughs> Don't don't fucking you know don't stick your dick in eugenics. There is so many words. <laughs> you just don't do it. And I gotta say, John Shirley writes around it in such a way that that Tenenbaum is never really described as a Nazi. Right, right. But, but she is a German who worked for the Nazis. Who is very who is very obsessed. who is very into eugenics and um and experimenting on people, yeah. um like like it's okay. I know she turns out to be kind of like one of the protagonists of Bioshock, right? But it's okay that you write her as she is. Which is a eugenics obsessed Nazi. A Nazi, yeah, yeah. She is not a good person. Right. And neither is Fontaine. No. <laughs> no. And we do get, and this and this actually we do get a very another very Randian uh uh moment here, uh, where essentially she's telling him what how she likes it. They haven't had sex yet. 
he says, you look kind of scared. He said, you sure about this? I do not like to be touched, she said, but I need it when the feelings of desire come. What I dream of is a man who, who simply takes me. I will make some token resistance, but it will not be real. I must fight a little. I can do only do it that way, um, which is another kind of Ayn Rand staple. Sure. Uh, there is a lot of rapey sex stuff in Ayn Rand's uh, uh, work. Uh, it's uh, I, I believe we're still we're still talking about uh, well, and this one actually is the Fountainhead. Um, there is a scene where our male protagonist takes the female protagonist uh, and she uh, tries to fight him off and he exerts his power upon her. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and, and she even calls it rape, but she's kind of into it at the same time. Uh, and, uh, it's, and, and basically anybody who's ever read Ayn Rand knows that the woman was a freak. And I'm not here to yuck your yum, you know, and I say freak in the friendliest possible sure. way that I can mean it. But there, there is a, a, a constant underlying theme of um, basically Ayn Rand was a sub. She wanted to be dominated very, very badly. Sure. Uh, she probably, you know, she probably had uh, rape fantasy, uh, stuff like that. Um, but none of the people that she describes having these moments right. uh, expresses it the way Tenenbaum here does. Very That's specifically. Yes. Tenenbaum does it right. Tenenbaum and, and Fontaine are doing it right. She's like, I just, I want to be taken. I want to feel Tenenbaum is like, here's what I like. I am yeah. giving you consent to do it. Right. But uh, I like it when it's, it's, it, it seems exactly like this. Yeah. Which, it still feels a even then it still feels dicey the way oh, she's, sure. the way it's sure. written. Um, uh, that's not that's not first date fooling around shit. No, the whole scene gave me. Um, I don't know. It it it's like one of those uh, danger zone moments in the back Very of my head. Very much so. Yes. Um, moving on from that scene. Moving on. Let's moving go to the amusement on. park. <laughs> Let's do. Oh, good. Kevin, I love amusement parks. I love amusement parks. Oh, wait, this is. This it's is Dennis Prager, the ride. It's oh, Dennis Prager. No. <laughs> Prager, you has been turned into an amusement park. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, Bill McDonough decides to ride the rides of the amusement park. And it's the, it's the, the journey, journey to, to the, the surf. surface. Oh. So it's like it's a ride that is designed to let kids go up to the surface and see above the water and all that stuff. And um, basically telling them why they shouldn't go up. Yeah. You know, into the real world. Uh, and it's just all this this rapture propaganda yeah um about and it's parasites and all that stuff it is just shoving it down the kids throats yeah. you've of, got you've got the great businessman who is uh destroyed by the parasites and we talked about this in the last episode that hand the, the hand. hand that comes from above and smashes the hard working smashes the tableaus yes yes no and, says the man in washington Right, right, exactly. And uh, I think the funniest one of these is the artist. 
they do the same thing. It's like the artist wants to make great art, and the person in the government says, "You can't say this, and you can't do that, and you can't make art about that." And it's like, let's really think about this. Like, let's really think about this. Who is the who is our country's greatest libertarian artist? Vince Vaughn. Like, <laughs> like most artists are kind of okay with all this shit that you're saying is holding them down and everything right. like that. Like the, the, you know, it's like, that's, that's it. Like artists, artists who don't have a lot of empathy for like, you know, you know, giving some money up here to help exactly. pay for kids and yeah. school and shit like that. They don't, they don't, tend to make stuff that that really resonates with uh, the population at large let's say right yeah yeah so um bill is is a little bit bummed he's yeah. he's bummed that he had to see this um yeah. and and he's like yeah i don't think i can take my wife on this road <laughs> no much less his kid he's, much uh, less his kid he's not gonna let, the, let his kid we're starting um, to see we've been starting to see Bill's um apprehension over the world he's helping create. And this is another example of yeah. it. Yeah, it's the apprehension is building. Um and there's there's a lot of things that are slowly coming to a head. Um mean because meanwhile over in Dionysus Park, um oh, yes. we have Sophia Lamb who is talking to one of the brothers whales. Whales, uh, yeah. S- uh, Simon Whales. And basically kind of trying to get him on her side because she's talking about she uses the word communal concept. And oh, yeah. ooh, that's that right. That's that's similar to communism. It's awfully, awfully close. Awfully close. Yeah, they're, they're talking treason here, my friend. They are talking treason on paper treason yeah. uh, here. And uh, we get introduced to Sophia's daughter, Eleanor. Who she's um, keeping away from the other kids. Yes. Because she doesn't want, because the other kids are brainwashed. She wants to keep she her w- kid yeah. nice and pure. And she's playing with Mr. Diary. This is how they kind of introduce the, uh, the, the diary the audio concept, logs, the audio yeah. logs. And there's a cute little scene where <laughs> the kid is playing with Mr. Diary. Uh-huh. And then she ends up stabbing Mr. Diary to death. It, it uh, <laughs> Let's see. Hello, Mr. Diary. Want to play? She mimicked his voice. Actually, I'm quite busy right now, Miss Eleanor. Maybe later. Well, all right. But do you mind if I take you apart while I wait? I promise I'll put you back together. Wait, you can't do that. No, wait, wait, Eleanor. And to Sophia's surprise, Eleanor commenced stabbing at the tape recorder, breaking it apart with a screwdriver. Yeah, she's doing great. (laughs) Kids doing doing great. great. It's doing great. Surely rapture is the place to raise your children. Surely. Oh boy. We're back with the, 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 the trio, the, the, uh, the trio of trouble here. That's what I'm going to call them. Tenenbaum, Fontaine and Suchong. Yes. And, uh, they're talking plasmids. They are, they are, they're starting to inject this stuff into volunteer subjects here. Uh, and they start with electric plasmids, just as we do in the game. Just as we do in the game. And uh, and they so he has to be tranquilized because it's unlike anything anyone's ever experienced. The 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 electricity shooting out of his hands. He's losing his mind. He's losing control. And uh, they got to tranquilize him. And uh, <laughs> and instead of going, 
holy fucking shit, we shouldn't give this to anybody. They start discussing its usage and the practical effects for it and how they're going to make it into a big business. Right. Which, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Mm. So while they're doing that, Fontaine is... It's, I <laughs> love this moment. It's kind of cartoonish. Where Fontaine wants to go into this back room, this specific room. It's kind of like, what y'all got hiding back there? <laughs> back where? Back there. Behind that door over there. See? And, and, they, See? Start going, and they start going, you don't maybe want to go back there. And he goes, well, I'm paying for all this shit. I want to see it. And he goes in and you get uh, basically a clip from Alien Resurrection where Sigourney Weaver is like half xenomorph and half human going, kill me. Like, it's pretty pretty awful. And Fontaine um, Fontaine is Fontaine hates it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He thinks it is the worst thing ever. Very, um, very, uh, what has science wrought? And he, he's like, you got it under control. And Tenenbaum's like, yeah, we, we know what we're doing now. And he's yeah. like, great. Kill that thing. Kill this, please. Burn it. Yeah. Get rid of it. No, nothing left. Yeah. Um, no one gets to know about this. More controllable, easy to package stuff that makes a man smarter, stronger stuff that makes us money. You understand? Right. Money. Yeah. And once again, we see the ding, 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 ding. Yeah, just dollar bill signs. He is, he is really, uh, he's really recovered from seeing, um, basically a man made made eldritch beast. Right. <laughs> yeah. The cure for that, the cure for seeing an untenable horror before your very eyes it is, is money. money. Money is the saltines <laughs> and ginger ale of the soul, and <laughs> it gets him through it. Oh God. And that but brings us to uh, to Lamb. We're back to Lamb. I'm starting to think that maybe this name is metaphorical, Kevin. What do you think? I mean, yeah. Uh, if we're, you know, what it's like. Um, we were when we we're talking to Jam, and we we're talking about um, uh, those those Christian songs, um, like in in the yes, and how. Uh, and and I just started thinking of washed in the blood of the lamb. Every time I see every time I see her name, it's you know because lamb has deep deep Christian. Oh yeah. And but but not not Christian now, but Christian the like the communal mm. Christian meanings and roots where it's like we it's a it's a lot of we stuff and 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 togetherness and and stuff like that so small town community appalachian a-frame churches in the woods kind of kind of coming together and get to get washed in the blood of the lamb exactly going down to the river to pray like that kind of shit yeah exactly yeah 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 i I couldn't agree more it does have that old school vibe and that's gonna that's gonna play in yeah so Stanley so, Poole, uh, it's it's the stories. This chapter is told from Stanley or section is told from Stanley Poole's point of view. Stanley Poole's the reporter, yes. if I recall correctly, right? Yes, he's a reporter. He's there to cover. Uh, well, I think Lamb, he's there to Lamb cover. Is the, giving a speech. Yeah, she's she's there giving a speech to the working man. Yeah, and uh, it is uh, it is very very on the nose, like 
I'm surprised that she is still alive by the end of right. the speech. <laughs> I'm amazed that like at no point do we get 1950s style, uh, uh, you know, laser sights uh, between her eyes at any point. Uh, she goes left of Che Guevara uh, on this one. She's talking and, cooperation, which is oh, a no-no yeah. down in Rapture. Oh, yeah. Um, she is She is deep into it. A house divided cannot stand. Yep. Uh, competition is division, my friends. And a house divided Absolutely. cannot stand. Quoting quoting Lincoln there. And mm-hmm. uh, but and she has an, uh, and Wales, not Wales, Poole notices that she is basically just as charismatic as Andrew Ryan. Yeah, she's a, a great speaker, a great speaker, dynamic speaker, just completely different, like opposite end of the political spectrum, yeah. but uh, charismatic. Yeah. Um, and uh, the and there's another person there who notices the exact same thing. Fontaine. Fontaine. And like, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's money. It's kind of it's kind of. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of hilarious because he loves her. Yeah. He thinks she's great. Not for her message. But because he sees it, as, he thinks she's a con artist like him. Yeah. And so it's he like thinks, this, uh, this. Oh, this is another grifter. Right. He's like, oh, games, game respects game. Like, yeah. That's really what we get here. Uh, and uh, he says this Dr. Lamb was going to be too much competition, of course. In time, he'd have to see to it that Ryan got the info he needed to arrest her. Meantime, she was inspiring him along with the crowd, only not the same way. Basically. He keeps his eye on the prize. He's like, I got to take care of my shit and Ryan and everything like that first. But along the way, I'm going to have to, you know, drop a few uh, fleas in in uh, in Ryan's ear about this woman. Yeah, uh, because I can't because she's awesome. And that means I got to get rid of her. Uh, yeah. it, it's another thing that just makes I love Fontaine as a character so much. Yeah, he's such a scumbag. He's but such there's a just massive like, pile of shit but you can't he help but is. kind of root for him a right. little bit. Like, it's like it's like <laughs> like ryan is they they kind of want the same thing right and we've discussed this before but it's like ryan isn't having fun with it ryan doesn't enjoy it he's sure. like he he kind of he feels himself yoked to it something he's he, all he feels, stress right he gets more and more paranoid and fontaine is just having more and more fun and it is because Fontaine has no rules. Right. You know, and, and uh, no so rules, he, just right. Exactly. Exactly. And he sees <laughs> lamb as the oversized can of fosters uh, that he, that just refreshes him in the moment that he's eventually going to have to crumble up and throw into the recycling bin. But for now, but for now, but for now, he's sipping that fosters and sipping, he's having ooh. a good time. Australian for capitalism. <laughs> Fosters. Fosters. Australian. <laughs> Australian for capitalism. Aye. Aye. <laughs> so I don't know if we have any any Aussie listeners yet. Uh, oh, I want Aussie oh, listeners. Oh wait, cat. Well, we had cat. Well, we do on. have cat. Yeah, cat. Cat counts. Cat counts. That was that was pretty good, right? We we honored your country and the we honored your way. Cu- country and heritage. Fosters. That's your favorite beer, right? Yeah, you Australians guys only only drink that and it, eat bloomin' onions for breakfast. Bloomin' onions and Fosters. That's that's the, all. That's the diet of champions. That's the that's, that does sound good. Uh, but it sounds that, good, but also like a huge mistake. Like I like, oh, I can yeah. I can see oh. I can foresee 
I have the power for seeing into the future 30 minutes after that. <laughs> it's, a, it's an important power. It's That's an important power. 30 minutes yeah. beyond that, trouble. Not so good. Only Not darkness so good. lies down that path. Oh, just the, the <laughs> darkness, the dark side, and the dark end of a toilet bowl. And when you, yeah, when, you, when, and when I say darkness, I mean you're sitting in the toilet in the dark because you're so ashamed of what's coming out of your body. Right. You don't well, even have the lights on in the bathroom. You're just like, <laughs> you just want to be in a void. You don't of... want to see yourself. You don't want to see your own arms and legs because you're afraid of how much sweat is going to be on them. Yeah. So... <laughs> Andrew Ryan, not afraid of of pooping uh, in the light, though. Because he's is, a man. He's man. a man's man who poops yeah. who who poops in the open. Exactly. So uh, yeah, he's 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 hanging out with Bill. Some more come along, Bill moments. Uh, and uh, Sullivan is uh, showing them. He's he's basically introducing them to the plasma ads. This is this is our first chance to see the man Ryan's in Washington wants plasmids. you to poop in the dark. <laughs> I want you to poop proudly poop. where you stand. Come in to front Rapture, of your friends and family. At Rapture, <laughs> I would like to poop in the light. No, says the man in Washington. It's a, it's, is a man not entitled to the sweat off his own thighs after he's been pooping for four and a half hours? <laughs> My cat knows something's wrong. He's giving me a look. <laughs> oh God! So somebody brings that. Uh, bring, somebody brings a uh, uh, Ryan the the flyer about the plasmids. That, That's right. Fontaine is releasing a line of plasmids. The original line is uh, hair grow, brain boost, sport boost. Electrobolt, brute more muscle enhancer, and watch out for incinerate. Yes. Yeah. Lots of different usages uh, for these. Everything from like turning on, um, you know, your gas heater without matches uh, yeah. to just plain having a nice full head of hair, which which was missing from the game. And I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed uh, that there wasn't a whole plot line re- related to hair grow. And that there wasn't some sort of like Sasquatch man who was addicted to who was addicted to hair. (laughs) Yeah. Like after Stephen King found that meteor in the woods and in creep show and he starts getting covered in green fur and he has to blow his own brains out. Yeah. That is what we're what was missing. That's that's what was missing from Bioshock. Creep show Um, was creep show. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, and, you know, there's the. The Sullivan gives him the report that Poole had given him that like, ah, yeah, there's been a Fontaine has made some breakthroughs and, and all yeah. that stuff. And, and, and Ryan, they're pretty sure they're pretty sure that Fontaine's the one that is smuggling. But sure. They don't have enough like actual evidence to follow it through. Yeah, he's Ryan is not super concerned with this yet. No, no, he's not. He's not concerned about the effects. He's not even really all that concerned about Fontaine. Yeah. Um he kind of does have a similar attitude toward Fontaine as Fontaine has for Lamb, but in kind of a more like larpy egomaniacal kind of way where Fontaine's right. just having fun. I'm going to have to I might have to mess with her. 
uh, Ryan is, he's built up this legend of himself that he's drunk the Kool-Aid on so bad. I think he really does see himself as Sherlock and Fontaine as Moriarty. Yeah, he's like a worthy rival, you know? Right, he can which kinda, is kind of missing the point entirely. <laughs> he can kind of let him, you know, like, he can kind of let Fontaine vibe and do his own thing for now. He's not, he's not super, um, he's not super worried about it. No. No, I mean, Sullivan will figure it out eventually. You know, he'll get he'll get the the proof needed to to book him for smuggling. Right, right, and and it's just kind of stupid. Like, even if you haven't played Bioshock or read this book or anything like that, I don't think it takes a genius to see that Ryan's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Ryan is stupid. Ryan's a dumb dumb. Ryan's like going like, I'm just letting him out on the line a little longer. Just pull that bait a little longer. And when I'm ready, bam, I've I, I released the hounds. I don't know. I haven't planned anything. And by that time, Fontaine has left and he's fucked her uh, wife. And R- empty Ryan, Ryan slowly becoming a uh, foghorn leghorn. <laughs> Well, I say, I say, I say that Fontaine fella, he, he, I, I, well, Fontaine has nothing, nothing against pooping out in public. (laughs) God damn it. It's it's objectivism, boy. Went right past you. Objectivism's all about the pooping in the public. It's all about pooping in public. Well, I say, I say that's that Miss Lamb. She wants us pooping in the dark. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I I argue that from here on out, if you meet an objectivist um, and they and, and, you know, you just dismiss them, you know, and it just infuriates them and they'll probably say something like, you know, you, you tell me you don't even know what objectivism is. Tell me. Tell me what objectivism is. You look them in the eye and you say, I get it. You guys want to poop out in public in the sun. I get it. Like and just make like that's genuinely what you believe objectivism to be and uh let us know how it goes let us know how it goes that you want you want you want pooping right there in the street street pooping brought to you by objectivism it's just a it's a that's a t-shirt and it's a it's a toilet yeah but the toilet has hands and it's doing finger guns (laughs) and it's just disgusting train spotting toilet just yeah it's that old tweet objectivists want one thing and it's disgusting and it's, it's, it's poop street pooping street pooping street pooping. um bill mcdonough visits some poor people oh yeah yeah he ends up in the slum area of rapture Poppers i thought there were supposed to be slum areas oh i thought great men oh. were just gonna kind of make things great that's Again. how it's supposed to work that's how it's supposed to work as it didn't so, happen yeah, he's he's doing some charity work out there. Uh, he's there's like an, a, there's there there the, one of the heat valves or something is broken. They can't figure out what the problem is, and no one can. Uh, they need help getting it figured out. He would never let Ryan know that he's doing all this because Ryan would flip his shit knowing that he was working for free. Um, but there are people out in the area that are dying. They're freezing yeah. to death. They're dying from drinking bad hooch. Uh, it's, uh, just, it's a real mess out there and Bill can't help but feel yeah. somewhat partially so, responsible. So they're, they're working on fixing a vent and they find a dead body inside yeah. the vents. There is a 13 year old child, uh, clogging up the vent and that's why it, the fan was not working. Yeah. And that and, is uh, terrible. 
it's terrible. And 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 Bill assumes that uh, you know the kid uh, was just you know the kids like to crawl in the passages. These you know all that shit. Uh, he was exploring, right? And that's what happened. And the the electrician he's working with says, "No, he 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 doesn't he doesn't have a home. He went right. in there to be safe. Yeah, you know, to hide from anybody else." And the fan blades weren't on, and then suddenly they were, and they just about decapitated the kid. Yeah, and Bill is not in a good place from it. No, um, and then he says, uh, "He says there ought to be an orphanage." Orphanage, and uh, the electrician chuckled grimly. Well, think Ryan can figure out how to run one for profit, and that is the problem with all this shit. That is, that is basically <laughs> the summation of it. That is, is really it. Um, and then uh, uh, there's just a little reveal that um, that the plasmids have gotten to the have gotten some market saturation already yes. because uh, Bill's friend uh, Roland Wallace um, has uses the Electrobolt plasmid to power the the fan back on. To, yeah, to Bill, basically jumpstart it. Seen that before? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I thought I thought that was a, a really nice touch because yeah. it basically shows it basically in two different ways. Bill is learning about how it actually works. Yeah, out in the world, he sees right. he's, he sees a very absurd, over the top fantasy thing. Sure. Um, and uh, and but enough about objectivism. Uh, no, he sees he sees this big absurd. Like I'm using my fucking electrical superhero powers sure. to start a fan again. Um, and and then he and he just also sees the the the, the state of the place. These yes, these, it's these a mess. Who, they can't work. They can't leave. Uh, no one's paying them anything, and and so they just kind of gather together and uh die. So yeah, he gets a real he gets we a real eye gather there. together to <laughs> die. To die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that brings us to the end of chapter 10. Yeah. So we're on um chapter 11 with one of the it's a well-written scene, but it's one of the it worst is. scenes in the book. It is horrifying, and ab- you're absolutely right. It is also one of the most effective scenes in the entire book. Um, basically, it is a domestic dispute between uh, this married, uh, poor married couple, mm-hmm. um, Rupert and, um, let's see, Rupert Mudge's wife. What was what was her name? her name? Uh, Sally. 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 Yeah, Sally Mudge. Rupert and Sally Mudge. Um, so basically they're arguing because Rupert has spent the money that they needed on um, on plasmids. Yeah. Instead of spending it on things that they need. Yeah. He's he Rupert has become addicted to plasmids like he's yeah. he's um, he's taken the hair grow to grow his hair back. Um, he's like he's looking good, feeling good. And she's um she's been like uh she's just mad at him you know oh she's pissed she's yeah. pissed yeah he's he spent because she, she's not working you know he, he keeps talking about how he needs these plasmids to go in for a job the next day and everything like that but it becomes clear he's just addicted to them he's, he's just gotta, addicted to them 
A beautiful full head of hair. He's got new muscles and all that shit. He's got new muscles, and basically, uh, he's starting to get the scarring on his face. This, this splicer, the telltale splicer scarring from people who like it's like around the eyes, like this it's, extra uh, skin growth. It sounds like meth. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen, if you've ever seen meth addicts, sadly they're usually uh, 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 mug shots. Right. Uh, but uh, it, it, their skin breaks open. They've got it, there's it's from burning and all that stuff. It's there are a lot of reasons, but it, it it's this severe acne looking kind of thing, and that sounds like what they're describing here with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the fight basically just the argument escalates to a point where um, Rupert is um, Sally tries to get away from her husband, and Rupert picks up. A sofa, I believe. Uh, the ice box. The ice box. Sorry. Yeah. The Somebody fridge. Even, he picks up the fridge and he throws it at her and um, it slams against the wall so hard that all is le- that is left of her is just a bloody splotch yeah. on the wall. He kills the fuck he out of her. He kills the fuck out of her. Yeah. And um, the, he basically... Uh, is like, you know what? I'm going to go to Fontaine because Fontaine could use a guy like me. Right. His, his first thought, his first thoughts immediately are like, oh shit, she was the one doing all the work around here. Yeah. Cause she was the one who had a job. He did <laughs> he not. Doesn't, yeah. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't really grieve for his wife all that much. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a great cut, by the way, it cuts to Bill and his wife, Elaine, having a beautiful romantic day yeah, out in the park. Just a lovely day. It's such a great cut. We go from these dark, horrifying slums where someone has literally been murdered. Uh, and now these these happy, privileged people on what you I mean, you imagine it. It's probably not the case because they're underwater. But you imagine it's like just a beautiful, sunny spring day. And you I know. think there is sunlight in Arcadia. Oh, yeah, they do imitate it, don't they? They do. The, the it's like reflected with mirrors and something or something like that because of all the plants down in Arcadia. Right. That's true. Um, That's true. And <laughs> basically, uh, Bill's wife, they're they're having this they're, this picnic, basically, or no, they're just hang, kind of hanging out. Sorry. Yeah, not, like they they've they've left the kid with a sitter. Left, yeah. Essentially. Um, and they're talking about how there's bees around in in Arcadia because of yeah. the um the you need bees. <laughs> save the bees. Please save, the, save bees. the bees, guys. Please save the bees. Don't don't let the bees die. Um Jesus. and basically the wife his wife kind of hints that uh he might be having an affair with this Julie Langford character yeah. who yeah. is the woman who she was the one um, in this universe, she helped uh, create a basically kind of like an Agent Orange uh, during yeah. World War Two to a deforest yeah. uh, Japan Japanese islands for the Allies, and now right. she's doing the reverse. She's she's building forests underwater. Yeah, um, so, I, there's this great. He he goes. He's yeah. She seems to think that he's interested in her, and uh, and she asks him if she if he's got a minute if he can talk to her. And so he tells his wife, uh, back in a mo, love. Clearly she wasn't fine with him strolling off with Julie. But Elaine was a cheerful girl most of the time. It wouldn't do her any harm to feel a little jealousy now and then. Keep her from taking him for granted. <laughs> Fucking Bill. Like, Jesus he's, Christ. Come on, Bill. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. If you think that way about your partner, go fuck yourself. That's yeah. pretty twisted shit. So the problem is Julie, Julie is informing Bill that Ryan wants to turn the, the, the park, which is a public park, into a paid experience. That's right. That's right. Because uh, that's, public parks are communism. Right. That that uh, why should why should there be? Uh, that's charity and charity's evil, uh, as we all know. And uh, and it gets to the point where he's he's kind of she's basically she's like he's going too far. He it gets to the point where he has talked about charging a surcharge for oxygen An oxygen surcharge An oxygen surcharge. So which is basically a tax. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Paying for services. Uh, Mm. He's yeah, he's he's losing it. He's and and Bill, once again, we have uh, a moment with Bill. Bill's kind of interesting because uh, just like Lamb a few chapters ago, where Lamb's kind of telling herself, I'm the only one who can stop this. I can make things better. As Bill starts to see how much further over the edge that Ryan is going, as that goes on, um, he start. That's how he starts to see it. He still feels like he owes Ryan something, and so he thinks like, "I really, I gotta help him. I can, I can change this. I can make things better." Um, and we, and he has, he has put a few ideas into Ryan's head. That have averted crises, right? Um, but that uh, you know, no good deed goes unpunished, right? As uh, we will see later. As on. we will see. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile. Um. Oh yes, uh, and it's uh, by the way, the reactor has been sabot- has been sabotaged right. in Hephaestus. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, by the way. We do get a wonderful little scene with Sander Cohen and a couple of his boy toys. Yeah, that show up. And uh, they're horrified by the bees. They freak out. They freak out they over the bees. They freak out over the bees. Like they a, may or may not be high. Nature. No, they are high. Yeah. They are certainly high. Yeah. They are certainly um, high. And they and, can't stand. Uh, they they're freaking out over the bees. Yeah, we get a we get a little <laughs> glimpse. It's it would be hilarious if it wasn't also kind of insulting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's our, Sandra Cohen is our only real queer coded uh, named character yeah, in this book. It is. And he comes off as as like Liberace uh, with like a heroin addiction. Which it's not the Liberace best. Did have one. Yeah. I think I'm pretty, he probably had he had some sort. Probably I mean, had, he had some kind. There of was addiction. something he was something. he was doing a drug. Was, um, and that I'm drug sure we, was dick. I'm sure we. <laughs> One of the most addictive drugs known to man. That's why it's in the. It's why it's an addictive. Um, <laughs> oh! It's right in the word. Ah, uh, I did that to myself. I so, uh, yeah, Sander Cohen. He's he's the only queer coded character in the book, um, or the ma- only one of the main primary or secondary characters yeah, that's like, queer coded. He's yeah yeah. And uh, his, so his, his depiction. Not the best for it, like for being the only queer coded character, the way he is depicted. And I don't blame John Shirley no. too much about it because this is he, Xander Collins being depicted the same way was depicted that way in the game as one of yeah. the villains. Oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah. And, and you could also argue uh, that that, you know, with this kind of a world, this ultra conservative, ultra right wing kind of a world uh, that that. 
there's not a great chance that a guy like Ryan would want a lot of gay folks down there anyway. Uh, the only reason he has Sander Cohen down there is he's kind of convinced he's a genius that he just sure. and really comes down to him liking his his work. That's right. really all. So he puts up with it. Um, and and any you know anyone again who's cracked open a history book can tell you that uh, that you know the queer folks who hang out with fascists uh, don't always have a great time in the long run. So right. you can you can kind of argue that it makes some sense. It's just it 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 does have. There are some problems. There. there are some problems with the way Sander yeah. Cohen is is portrayed. And sure. um, yeah, so we'll move on. The Hephaestus yeah. has been has been uh, Hephaestus has been sabotaged, uh, according to Roland Wallace and Bill exit Bill Bill in and Roland's uh, run off to try to fix it. And then Ryan we get a, a smash cut over to Ryan, who is having dinner at the exact same time. Yes, he's old in court with some of his top his, people there. With his gal, Diane McClintock. Yeah. And he's increasingly seeing these people around him who he's invited down. He's increasingly loathing them. Yeah. Like he really sees them as a bunch of complaining ingrates. They're just hangers on that are just there and he doesn't he doesn't like them. He's he's talking shit about like, oh, and this one made one too many visits to Dr. Steinman. He's just being a catty, right. you know. A catty bastard with, right. with his. He's just he keeps hearing about how people are complaining um, about his world, so he's pissed off all the time, and he's projecting it onto the people around him. And also, who knows? Maybe for the first time, realizing that you know the way he chooses his friends to come down there with him might have been a pretty you know superficial method. Yeah, um, and then he starts kind of like digging into. One of the guys that's there is a uh, is a man named Garris Fisher who mm-hmm. works at Fontaine, uh, uh, the Fontaine Futuristics. It's like, uh, Garris, what's uh, what are you working on over there? And so Garris is one of the scientists that's now working over there. And it's like, um, yeah, you got, you know, Brute Moore's is selling well. You know, that's one that he worked on. But uh you can see Ryan's starting to like dig in just a tiny bit in oh, into yeah. this he plasma in. business. Oh yeah. He's furious that he doesn't have a piece of this. Yeah. He is he is furious. Um yeah. and then, you know, there it basically continues. Um there Diane wants some more some more drinks and uh they want the dessert cart. And Ryan is thinking, maybe I'm just imagining all this discontent, discontent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he starts thinking about Popper's drop and all of the 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 poor's and 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 the finding proof against uh, Fontaine for communist organizing and and all that stuff. Um, and, and he then, has a he has this debate me coward moment yeah. when he starts thinking of Lamb. Where uh, he says debate he's, me he's, in public is yes, his goal. That's, that's his plan. His whole plan with Lamb is that he's going to get her to debate him in public, and then all of her bullshit facts, will not feelings. Because, yeah, he's going to facts, I'm, not feelings. Her. I'm the best at this, obviously. Obviously. And if it doesn't work out, then he'll simply make her disappear. Yeah. Um. And then suddenly, um, Karlowski shows up. And uh, I was like, hey, uh, stuff's going on down in Hephaestus. 
Yeah. And Ryan uses this sabotage. Ryan uh, uses this to excuse himself from the dinner table where he wasn't having fun anyway. <laughs> right. He's kind of it's like there's a whole like part of town that is like under lockdown. That's got serious issues, maybe a bombing or something like that. And basically his reaction is, oh, thank God I was so bored. <laughs> I hate these people. I mean, uh, excuse me, I have to go. Excuse me. Oh, terribly sorry. What a shame. Uh, so we end up in Hephaestus. Uh, Bill and uh, they, they, they basically, this is before Ryan showed up, but they escape a bomb uh, that's set there. It's It ends up being a minor bomb that basically just sends out a bunch of ticker tape with it's a, warnings. It's, it's basically like a glitter bomb. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it says things, uh, warning against... Uh, rapture oppressors. Rapture oppressors, be warned. Yes, yes. It's uh, it's 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 like there's not much to it. Um, yeah, it's kind of a sad, empty gesture. Yeah, that you get from people who are just being beat down. You know, it's it's there's not much to it, and it doesn't do much. But it's 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 essentially these poor people just trying to get some of their anger out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course, Ryan's pissed. He is pissed. Yeah. And yeah. And the the chapter ends with Bill finally making the realization that he has been building to for pages now. Yeah. He can no longer ignore the stunningly obvious. I like the the fact that stunningly was put was slipped in there. It's nice. It is nice. Rapture was cracking at the seams. Yeah. And I think that's where we'll leave it for tonight. Because, uh, as we said, what part- a good place to leave it. Yeah. Oh boy. So, what are you thinking? What are you What are you feeling? This is This has been uh, we this part. Obviously, it's the meatiest part of the book for a reason. But man, just the 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 little slice of life moments are so well written. Yeah. Um, we get these little glimpses into. And we're gonna get a few more in the next part, sure. and and these these little glimpses into these people's lives, people will never see again, sure. uh, that just really drive home uh, the horror of this place in a way that the game couldn't, right? Uh, you know, because in the game you get the aftermath, yeah, um, and that's horrifying. Don't get the me aftermath wrong. is it's, terrifying, but oh, it's 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 scary. Uh, but watching it happen. All of that stuff, all of these, 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 these moments, the argument between the husband and wife where he literally smashes her to a smear, you know, with an ice box. Like, yeah, that's insanity. Uh, and we're going to get more of those moments uh, where we are getting a real, um, you know, lower class, upper class haves, have nots kind yeah. of thing um, where you're seeing the consequences of what they're building and uh on on both sides so yeah. i i i really dig it this is this is just some this is solid writing i've said it, it before but yeah this is it's just solid really good writing, and period. it's the kind of thing that i would have loved to have seen more of mm-hmm. uh from martyr from dead space martyr or yes yes um because there are and that's the thing is dead space martyr has scenes like this where the decay is setting in 
But it is a lot of telling and not showing. That's exactly. Oh, did you hear? Someone so killed themselves. Blah blah blah. Right. That was the problem with that space martyr. It was just like you're just getting a recap. Recaps upon recaps. All you you needed was a page long scene of some guy that you'll never see, you haven't seen yet, and you'll never see again as an example of how bad things are getting. Sure. Um, And a lot of it also it was all in service to the main plot. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas with this, a lot of it, sometimes it happens that, uh, that one of the main characters mentions one of the crazy things that happens in one of these little bitty scenes, but mostly they're just things that happen. Build the atmosphere. It's yeah, in they build service. The world. Yeah. It's in service to world building and the setting. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is the beauty of novels is that yeah. not you every have the time you have the time. Not every page has to be dedicated to the plot. You can have just some character building moments. You right. can have some, then eventually they'll all weave together and, and form the plot. But right. that's, that's what you, you can't get away with that necessarily in a movie, right? You don't have no. the time in a movie. Everything is, is, is character and plot have to be lockstep forward together. Here we go. In most movie writing, uh, don't don't come at me with the the <laughs> yeah anti plot and non plot and the the I'm looking at you, Rob McKee. Um, right, right. Is he still alive? No. Is he is he still alive? I the guy don't... who wrote story, Robert McKee. Yeah, no. Uh, hold on, McKee. That's Robert McKee. He's still uh, alive. He's alive. He, yeah, he's eighty years old. Eighty he's years old. Around. Look at those eyebrows, man! I hope to have eyebrows as impressive as he that is. one day. Those are those are a pair of caterpillars about to do a mating dance. Oh, wonderful job, Mister McKee! Wonderful, wonderful! I applaud your eyebrows. I love it. I love it. Um, so that'll do it for today's episode. Hell yeah! Um, before we go, we wanted to tell you about something special that we have cooking up. And that's a little partnership with Audible. Indeed. We uh, recently gained a sponsorship with Audible.com. For those of you who don't know, Audible.com is one of the best places on the internet to get audiobooks, audio dramas, lecture series, all kinds of amazing stuff. And if you go to audibletrial.com backslash pixelit, all lowercase, uh, you will find us there and you can sign up for a 30 day trial completely free, including one free audiobook and access to countless free radio dramas, radio plays, other audiobooks, lecture series, all kinds of stuff, all for free. You get it for 30 days. And after that, it is $14.95 a month. But if you don't like it, cancel it. See, if we care. I understand. Yeah. And actually, I don't. I've been with Audible for like a decade. Yeah, I, I don't them. remember when I signed up. I, I it's it has been a long time. I, I, I have had my Audible account maybe longer than I've known you. Yeah, uh, that it's sounds been about a right. long time. Yeah. And uh, I get the great courses on there. Uh, I tend to I like reading. I, I tend to read the books that we read, uh, but I love getting the audible audiobook versions of them when they're available, because it's just nice to listen sure. to them while you're doing work. Um, it helps put some perspective on it. You guys have heard us referencing the audiobooks before, um, and you can get Bioshock Rapture. You can get uh, Halo Fall of Reach. You can get 
Far Cry Absolution. Highly recommend that one. Uh, I remember us talking about yeah, that. Yeah, the, the guy who write, reads Far Cry Absolution, great voice. Oh, just, it's exactly the atmosphere you want yes. for something like that. So check it out. Uh, check out audibletrial.com backslash pixel lit and, uh, and tell us what you got. Tell us what you're listening yeah, to. We, we, that would be fun. We'd yeah. love to see what you're listening to. And in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at pixel it pod and uh, rate us five stars on Apple. Please. If you can, please, if you're listening to us on Apple, I know about 20% of you are. Uh, um, uh, if you haven't already scroll down to the bottom of the app, Hit that five star and uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Share us with your friends, share us with your family, share us with uh, your dogs, your cats, your hamsters. I hear that we are very popular among gerbils. So big time, uh, big time, big time time in the gerbil gerbil community. Uh, They just they just they they love um, our stature. They find us to be very handsome and tall. Yes. Yeah, that's which is true. It's true. Compared to yeah, them, we're handsome. We are handsome and tall. Handsome and tall. Compared to them, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Thanks, everyone, and have a good night. Good night. <laughs>